kept locked. It was the garage. My pappy said, son, you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving. Now you're running, running cars. Tell him it's your car and you do what you want with it. I own this car, I do as I please. I also own the highway, my taxes pay for that. They're both mine. I own the highway and I own the car. I own everything and we are live. Welcome to episode 38 of Throwing Wrenches. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And you know what? We have a whole bunch to talk about tonight. It feels like forever, but it also feels like the first time, Eric. It feels like the first time, Daryl. I need keyboards so I can do my <laughs> keyboard accompaniment. This is the Auto Podcast. That can't seem to find a good reason for you to reshare the episodes, and that is a, a rip in the general direction of all of our listeners, who obviously didn't want the book from Ed Miller, except for one of you, which we'll announce the winner coming yes, up. We did get one share. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. So, all right, like, well, let's let's take a we'll moment. Keep that. Yes, let's absolutely. take a moment. We're not Joe Rogan. We don't have mushroom coffee to shill. Oh boy. Uh, but we do have a couple sponsors, and we do love to talk about them. If you don't know, we're sponsored by Fort's Toyota Pekin. That's at Toyota-Pekin.com. Ports Toyota is a family-owned small business located in the heart of central Illinois. They live the Toyota lifestyle, beautiful, functional, high-quality vehicles and trucks, cars, trucks, SUVs, even the new Venza. They'll stand the test of time no matter what your budget is. Visit them at toyota-beacon.com or stop by Forts at 120 Radio City Drive, as they like to say, 15 minutes from anywhere, and see the friendly professionals selling and servicing and racing and off-roading. And EVing and everything else in between. I will say this, since I work at Ford's Toyota, the new Venzas did arrive this week. It's an all-wheel drive vehicle. It's a little bit smaller than the Highlander, and they're all hybrids. Really? And they okay. are pretty cool. The one came in today with the uh, the roof. You just touch the button, and it like fogs itself. Oh, It's like yeah. the whole glass roof. It's pretty uh, uh Yeah, that's pretty tech. cool. Yeah, I, like I think that. it's like a $2,000 option, but <laughs> it was pretty cool. That's something that uh, you, you, you don't want to have a hailstorm. With. Well, I don't know. I think the glass might handle better than metal. Maybe. I mean, realistically, from what I saw the last hailstorm, yeah. I think the glass roof is probably your better way to go. Good point. Maybe it's yeah. the Gorilla Glass they make cell phones out of. Yeah, anyway. Just, sorry, that's enough about Forts Toyota. Right. Daryl, who else is sponsoring We'd like to show? say another thank you to our other sponsor, Casey Law Office. Casey Law Office is dedicated to an honest practice of law and will fight to get you the result you deserve. No matter what your legal need, contact Gabe Casey at the Casey Law Office. You can call or click and uh, discuss your claim free of charge. Uh, Casey Law Office, a modern legal practice dedicated to solving your legal issue. You can find them on the web at clopeoria.com. That's clopeoria.com. I know my wife actually referred a customer to him this last week. She had oh, yeah? had, a, had a friend who bought a uh, a product, not not any product that I work with, or uh, and they're not from our area, from Springfield, I think. But the customer bought a car, and it had been down for, oh, I think nearly a month in the first like mm. two months of ownership. So she said, you better call Gabe. Because yep. there, there's one thing Gabe loves, and he loves to get his teeth into. Yeah. It's auto law. Okay. You, you give him any, just a whiff of something you're having a problem with at a dealership or you bought a car. Something lemony, perhaps? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know that lemons really require that much as far as uh, uh, legal representation because the, the state laws are so good. Okay. But he definitely would be a consult. But if you bought a used car, oh, mama, <laughs> Gabe is your guy. All right. This show is also sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. We yes, thank yes. every one of those guys and gals. I think are there any gals in that group? I'm not sure. We need to run some reports. Yeah, I'll, I think, I'll check some analytics and get all right, back yeah, to you. Let's do the Google Analytics. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. If you don't know, the Patreon subscribers get a special pre-show episode of every episode. So 
jump in there, get on the Patreon, and we will have some goodies at some point. But just so you know, the Patreon money this week went to making our site HTTPS. So that way, whenever you log in with your browser, you don't get that kinky message that says, are you sure you want to go here? Because this isn't secure. Mark Zuckerberg hasn't approved it, or Bill Gates never said it was safe. Danger, danger. Danger, yes. Um, So that is where the Patreon money goes. Believe me, folks, it helps to run the show along with our sponsors. We appreciate it all. Definitely, definitely. A little bit of feedback this week. We actually heard a a nice little email from a a listener named Jameson who says, Man, I love you guys. I live in Neosho, Missouri. Uh, There's a Neosho, Wisconsin. I have no idea. I I was going to Google where Neosho, Missouri is. I know. um, Might be a road trip. Yeah, we (laughs) might have to take a little... Take a little detour there. Uh, he listens to us uh, every night at work and says he loves the moment of Musk. So uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Jameson. And Eric, happy to know that we've got some Musk fans. You know what's funny is I don't think there is a moment of Musk in this episode. Is it, <laughs> oh, my know? God, Jameson. It was, I mean, we were thinking about getting rid of it until this email. You might come the, up with one on the fly. I don't, I don't know. We, got, we may have the... the uh, the Nick of Nicola moment or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. All right. We'll, we'll mix it up. also heard from another listener, Ryan, who uh, actually kind of played along uh, with our Race Daily Kill. Thank God. I, I want everybody to do that. You know, Even if you do it on Facebook or whatever. I, I need to share it on Facebook. We need, well, this episode, we for sure, we're going to do that. Um, yeah, episode, the last one we did, I think we had a Fiero. Yeah, it was 1985. Darryl. Okay. So the year was 1985. And uh, we had a Honda Civic CRX. That's we right. had a Fiero, I think, with a 2.8 liter. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Oh, and, the, and a Mazda RX-7. Mazda RX-7, just yes, screaming yes. with 13,000 RPMs in that rotary motor. Yeah, so we picked them. And I think Eric and I had different choices, but that's cool. That's cool. Um, Ryan's choice said he would race the Fiero because he, quote, has kids and didn't care. Uh, <laughs> he would daily the RX-7, and he would kill the Honda CRX because the seats in those Hondas from that era were allegedly uh, pretty brutal now, on, see, the, on the lower back. And that's the deal. I I didn't drive one of those cars. I, I loved them from the outside. Yeah, I loved yeah. a lot about the car. But I never actually drove one for any length of time. Me neither. My, my middle brother uh, had a, a lady friend in high school that had one. And I remember he said that he almost died in that like every time she drove. Because <laughs> she drove like a nutcase. And so he was like every time. <laughs> she was older than him, so she had a license and drove. Yeah. Every time he came home, he had like his eyes were like pie plates. He's like, uh, that's funny. And I thought it was because you know the car was whoa sweet, the thing's pretty quick. Huh? He's like, no. He's like, that car is scary. Yeah. But I think it was because the driver, not yeah. the seat. Yeah, I don't think else, the so. car could possibly be scary. What was it a one point two liters, one point three? Yeah, something tiny. Uh, <clears> the <throat> one thing I'll say about this, I it, coming from the practicality standpoint that Ryan's talking about, we had a gal come in the other day. She's got a nineteen ninety eight Camry. Beautiful car, classic, taken care of. It's got leather seats. It's got the American editions, like diamond white pearl, two tone oh, wow. car. Yeah, beautiful. Probably one hundred twenty thousand miles on the car. I got in it to move it from the from the lube bay up to the the front door, and you could feel the cushion was completely gone in the seat bottom, and I could feel the wire like running right across the back of my legs. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't imagine riding for more than like five minutes in this car. So. If the seat was bad enough that Ryan remembers, then yeah. it's, I can imagine that hopping in one of those right now would probably be like riding on a buckboard, right? Yeah, and I remember my grandpa had a Civic of that era, and the, it, the seats were like uh, – you ever been to like a new movie theater yeah. where it's not really comfortable? Well, they, I think they do that on purpose. Yeah. So you don't want to stay. You don't want to theater hop and <laughs> sit here and watch like Terminator 2 15 times? Yeah. I would. I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't, really? All right. Is Terminator it, 1's on uh, Amazon Prime right now for free. Is it really? <clears throat> it is. I almost watched it last night. Good but, to know. But instead, we watched National Lampoon's Van Wilder. 
Uh, was that the, like Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds, like early Ryan, early Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I don't like early Ryan Reynolds. All right, well, we'll, we'll, we're we'll not digressing back. on that because we'll believe me, we, we could definitely get into that. All right, if you don't know my co-host Daryl Scott, mm. it's car show season. Daryl, mm-hmm. did you know that? It, I, I heard. Okay, this guy has a car for every show. Classic, got you covered. Import antique, covered. <laughs> Modified Chevy Tahoe show. I got something in the garage for that one, too. He's covered. He's ramping up the new car show circuit as well for his newly acquired fleet of Toyotas. Oh, yeah. He's Daryl Scott. Oh, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and Eric, um, you know, if my co-host wasn't a service manager at a Toyota dealership, my hunch is that he would be a park ranger or a power ranger. <laughs> one, one of those two. I don't, go, I don't know go which. power ranger. Uh, one thing's for certain, though. He would never be caught driving a Ford Ranger because he is the legendary Eric Stahl. And remember... Only you can prevent forest fires. That is true. That is true. And don't be uh, showing off those baby colors, you know, out there in California, because that starts firefighters. So that fires well. Yeah, I thought that was a joke. That really, well, I think that's legit. So that last forest fire was because of a gender reveal. Yeah, like a sparkler or a smoke bomb. Well, I think or... yeah, they do something. They just spin the tires and heat them. I dude, there's I, like. Five hundred million fires. So I imagine that one fire. You know, whatever. I don't have kids. I don't understand the thing. We could get Stop. into that conversation. That could be a post show. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Please share this on Facebook, other social media sites. I constantly am pushing and pimping and preening and doing everything possible to get this show out there. Um, and if it's LinkedIn, if it's Twitter, if it's Facebook, if it's Instagram, share it. That's how we get our listeners. That's how we get our supporters. That's definitely how we tell the advertisers that we are worthy. Word up. What have you been working on? I know uh, you took a little jaunt. Uh, it seems like we haven't been in touch, but we have. We, we've got the social media. You yeah. and I stay yeah. connected yeah. with yeah. everybody. Daryl's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's up? What's yeah. up? Yeah, I saw that picture of Tree Hugger up there on that cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, tree, I, I went to Nashville. I had a, what, and I talked about this maybe a long time ago, but I'm in an organization called 20 Group with the National Automotive Dealer Association. And, um, Part of that is we, we have these meetings every quarter or every three months. That's where, NADA for the folks at yeah, home. Yeah, NADA. Like kind of like book. the NADA orange book that we get at the dealership. It's probably a blue book out there in the retail sector. Sure. Oh, uh, no, that's Kelly. I'm sorry. It's the yeah, orange Ke- book. Yeah, I'll say ours is orange. Yep. I thought it was, but I don't know. You know There's you know, also the black book. What's I don't even – like the green book. Yeah, who was the black book? Who did black book? I don't know, but I've seen that too where you like value your trade. We use the black book. Dude, my grandfather and my uncle used to sit there with those books. Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so anyway, I'm at my NADA meeting, and I'm with uh, what I'm supposed to be normally 20 other dealers. And what we do is kind of sit there. And we're a similar-sized dealership. We're a similar franchise, and we're dealing with similar struggles. So we sit in a room for, for two or three days, two and a half days generally. And uh, we kind of go over the numbers. We kind of talk about what our situations are, you know, what are our struggles. And we, it, it's a great time to just kind of brainstorm, sure. you know, and then come back with new ideas. Technicians and service advisors all hate it because they say we come back with ideas that just ruin their days. Maybe. But uh, but generally it's to make the store better and, you know, help help the integrity in the business. Anyway, um, I drove Tree Hugger down. It was in Nashville, and normally I would fly to these meetings, but I, I hopped in Tree Hugger. And like I said the last time, I got the tires balanced. And I'm like in love with Tree Hugger again. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, God. My wife, when I pulled up and we were getting ready to go that morning, because she went with me this time. She doesn't normally go, but since it was in Nashville, it was close, and some other wives are going, and COVID, yeah. the COVID has kept us from doing our normal year of our normal year of vacation, she went. Sure. But she's like, we're taking that 
I'm like, what do you mean taking that? I mean, this this truck. I actually called ahead to the hotel to make sure the parking garage could accommodate the truck. It was big enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, and I should have known. Calling down to Nashville to say, is your parking garage big enough? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can handle trucks that are seven foot tall. And I'm right. like, all yeah. right, I'm good, you know. We got one of them diesel Cummins turbo things. <laughs> uh, no, but that's fine. So, uh, no, had a good time. Uh, took the truck down. It drove like a dream, 202,000 miles. Wow. And uh, just, I was falling in love with it all over again. Like rekindled the romance. It did, it did. And then I got back from my 20 group, and um, the owner had bought a 2016 Forerunner, and it was one of the sales managers marked it for certified on the lot. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, needs tires, needs brakes. And so there was no notes in the system on it. I'm like, nah. I'm like, well, maybe that might be a trigger too. I don't know. But I inventory's low. We we had a hailstorm, and mm-hmm. you know, with COVID, you know, there's all reasons why this vehicle is not right timing. So I, I was I didn't even get caught in it, caught up in it again. I'm in love with Tree Hugger 1.0. Yeah, uh, it's still cool, right? Yeah. So I called the owner and I said, "Hey, by the way, it looks like you bought this truck. Nobody knows anything about it." I said, it "Needs brakes, needs tires. Uh, are you okay with that?" And he goes, "Well." That's fine, but I kind of thought you might want to make that tree hugger 2.0, and I'm like, and I'm like, uh, okay, well, the more I mean, you think about oh, it. Oh yeah, believe me, but I didn't want to get excited about it, you know. It's like, sure, it's, it wasn't like a foregone conclusion. So once he said something, we start talking a little bit. It's like, well, let's make a social media project. Let's talk about building. I was gonna get with Nate back in parts. Say, hey, let's do this and this and this, and. uh I'm like, all right, I can see this. We can make this happen. So I've been driving the last couple of days bone stock. It's a 2016 Trail Forerunner. Uh, I would say, I mean, the Trail Forerunner comes with the uh, KDSS suspension, kinetic dynamic suspension system, uh, which gives you basically um, a little more play on the uh, the sway bars. It has like a sway bar release with a hydraulic. Oh, okay. And then uh, there's the different controls for it. It's got a track. It's got uh, rear locker. Nice, so nice. it's got everything you need. That's what Tree Hugger had. Tree Trigger basically had that, right. and I put a little lift on it with bigger tires. Yeah. So this truck is at its core is the same as Tree Hugger. Gotcha. So the drivetrain wise, pretty much the same. Exactly the same. Same engine, same transmission, same suspension, um, and it's a 2016. It's got 68 thousand miles on it, and it's bone stock. It's got clean front, truck. Yeah, front bumper's been knocked in, but as uh, Mr. Fort said, uh, you'll probably probably be okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think you could probably yeah. upgrade the bumper without so, worrying about it. I don't know it. if you saw the video I did. I did post a video last week of every dent on Tree Hugger. Yeah. Did you I watch the it? The walk around? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Battle scars, man. That's what we call Dude, that. Dude, I know every dent. You know, I, yeah. I, yeah, I could tell you a story with every one of those. They're all great trips. So, Well, and that's, that's my next question. My follow-up is, so this is Tree Hugger 2 in the planning, and that's fantastic. I can't wait. And I'm sure a lot of other people are going to watch that eagerly if you put some social updates. I, I'm there. hoping, yeah. Uh, what's going to become a tree hugger one? Well, and that's been a big question. Even my wife asked me that question like three times yeah. last week. And I had somebody ask me today, what are they going to ask for? What are they going to ask for it? The used car manager asked me, what are you going to ask for? I'm like, I don't know. I, and I, I, I'm, I'm even hesitant to throw a number out there because uh, I know when we were originally selling the car, I mean, back five years ago, I think we were only asking like twenty two or 23000 Well, I, I don't think the market number has changed in the last five years. If that truck had 120,000 miles on it, it might still be nineteen nine. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, which sure. is crazy for a ten-year-old truck. So I, I, I would not hazard to guess. It's like I told my wife. I said, "Well, we probably have thirty thousand dollars in it by the time you figure oh, right, <laughs> what we originally add-ons. had, and then the add-ons sure. and everything else." So I, I don't know, but uh, I think the truck is still probably worth 
if I had to guess, twelve to fifteen thousand dollars. Sure, which seems insane, even with all the dents. But who knows? So you know. But then part of me is like, you know, I'd pay ten or twelve thousand dollars for that truck, and right, add it to the fleet. Yeah. Put it on a, I, that's just what I need. Right. I'm going to get a tree hugger, and then I'm going to buy the old one. That's right. that's smart. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> and speaking of new cars, uh, did oh, you yeah. did your numbers of the, the Stahl family car. fleet change? I bought another car, Daryl. You... Hey, did you buy any cars this week? No. Oh, shoot. We're not talking about me. We're talking about you here. <laughs> what did you bring home? Or what did you commit to bringing home? Did we, did we not even talk about this car last episode? No, man. We, well, we talked about it. <laughs> We said it might be a possibility. I don't think we did. I, it wasn't on the show. You know, it was so funny. This this guy, and this is not, I mean, I've cherry-picked some cars over the years, but this was just the weirdest deal in the world. Guy has a 1990 Supra in the shop. Uh, brings it in because second gear is a little gummy going into gear. I think he's a fanatic. The uh, He's changed out the rims. He's got these new American Racing chromies, American Racing chrome wheels on it. Brand new tires, just thick rubber. Brand new slotted rotors, pads. Calipers. Oh, wow. the, the gas tank was gummed up. He replaced the gas tank with a new fuel tank. Huh, okay. Um, the engine has been gone through. So but, it's but nice. second gear is a little sticky. So he brought it into the dealership. Said, "Hey, can you pull the trans? I got a shop in Tampa that wants it." So I made that crate myself. Yeah, we talked about the, and yeah, shipped it through Fastenal. Mm-hmm. Well, in the meantime, he calls me and says, "I'm going through a divorce. I need to get rid of the car." And we had a hailstorm come through, so he got a check for the hail damage on. It. He's like, "I just uh. need to get rid of the car." Uh, he goes. I want. I'm gonna take the tires and rims off. I'm gonna sell them for a thousand dollars. But the car, you know, they're they're gonna give me basically a thousand thousand dollars for the car or whatever. Sure. The car's in pretty square shape, except for a little bit of hail damage on it. And so, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight face. No, I can't. I can't. So it followed you home. No, kind of. It kind of did. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think. I think. Um, to me, okay, so I love Red Mist. It's a 1990 Celica yeah. GT, five-speed, but it's a dog. It burns oil. And, and realistically, it's not pretty to some people. It's beautiful to me in my eyes. Right, ne- right. Never, I'll never never uh, stop loving you, Red Mist. And then the TC I bought, I never really drove because it's, it's been gutted for race car. And so, that's the one that's got a turbo. And and it's got the turbo, and I just need to get that thing sold. So I told the guy I'd give him $1,000 for it as it sits. And knowing that I still have to pay 500 some dollars for the transmission down Tampa. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And so so I'm an owner, Daryl. He gave me the title this week. All right, so the rundown is it's uh, Burgundy. Burgundy. 90 Supra. Uh, turbo or non-turbo? Non-turbo. Okay, so it's a three. Is it a three-liter? Yeah, I or, yeah three or three. Uh, yeah, I okay. believe three-liter. And uh, it's and a five. five it's five speed. Oh and here's the gosh. deal: if it weren't a five speed, I'm not in that at all. I'd be yeah. like, "Have a nice day." I don't know what to tell you. So right. Maybe somebody else will buy it. But it's a five speed, and the clutch is all going to be new when I'm done with it. Um, you did well. I, you did well. I think you. I'll be all right. It's got, like I said, I have the hail guy come out, and then there's one piece of trim on the passenger front door. It's a rubber piece of trim that somebody in the past tried to glue on there. So right now it's laying in the back seat. I'm going to have to find replacement piece of molding or i might figure out a way to make that one work but i think that's i think of all the things in the car that bother me that's that it's that belt molding well because it's the first thing you see um yeah. 3m makes a nice double-sided body tape it better be the best damn tape in the world because i in all my yeah. years of dealing with these things i've seen people do all these different concoctions all Here's these some things. gorilla glue no yeah no, you want something that's going to be pliable so that eventually if something fails you want to get it repainted you want to uh, wrap yeah. it or put yeah. something on it um, but yeah, 3M makes a really, you gotta pay for it. And you get well, it that's fine. If, I mean, even yeah. if you have a roll of three feet is $100, is worth it. Yep. Because buying a new painted strip is gonna cost a fortune. Yeah, that's what I used to put on uh, the GM stuff on my parents' Cavalier. Okay. It's all this body side molding, and it's really nice stuff, but if you 
put crap on it, it falls off in the hot sun. Yeah, so yeah. 3M, it's it's worth its money. But okay. that's going to – I'll tell you what, man. You did good. Those cars, I want to say those are – I don't know what years they made them like that. Probably like 87 to – 87 to 93, I think. Or okay. it was 92 or something like that. So before the – I don't remember before what the before the Mark IV. So this is the Mark III. Mark III. Uh, and I mean, it was oh, what'd you get? What'd you get? I'm like, here's the deal. This car's got flip up headlights. Yeah, it's kind of that wide body. Yeah. it's a cool looking car, and it's a Targa. Yep. And I'm just saying, five speed Targa. I, I will gut the radio. I will change that because okay. I can't deal with a cassette player and a single din. Not even know. for like the old school no, memories. Don't, don't care. Don't care. I've got some old Genesis uh, tapes. I'll give well, you know, you. I take that back because I, I have been very happy lately with all these 12 volt plug in FM modulators. Yeah, they have come so far nowadays. I can still run my MP3 player probably through that radio. They've got a Bluetooth cassette. Yeah. Well, I oh, swear do they? to God, swear to God, I saw one of the <laughs> one of the Malays Motors groups. I got. So there's no line. No there's wire. No line. You can put a cassette in there and whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, that's fantastic. That's going to be a fun ride. What's nice about those two is I think those are up and coming. The Mark IVs have been hot since they were new. Yeah, and I think I got the money right on it. So yeah, yeah. In, be- in about four or five years, I think you're going to see those things peak, where yeah. people are like, oh yeah, these were cool too. And what's nice is that it's a little bit more like a modern car as far as like how it's managed, fuel management. It's not. It's it's all EFI. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bulletproof. Yeah, I think know? so. I think. Uh, it, I think the other thing about it is, like, my wife was like, oh, you should have bought that MR2. Thank God we sold the MR2 last week when I was in Nashville. Was that that red one? Yeah, it sold. Okay. Th- thank God, because, you know, she was like, we should have bought that car. She bought that car. I didn't need a tiny, tiny coupe convertible. That's yeah. the last thing I needed yeah. in the stable, you know, so. <laughs> the other cool thing about the Supra is the tool bag. It's got a tool bag? It came with the canvas tool bag. It really? like zips up at the top and says super on it and stuff like that. Huh. I mean, if this guy had taken this car had gotten junked because of the hailstorm, I was stealing that tool bag just cuz it was cool. Yeah. That's nice. That's that's a nice little add-on and uh it'll it'll be good. Now you're going to have to start collecting like all the literature and all the oh, brochures. Oh no. <laughs> oh god, yes. Daryl, I just got to get it driving. I got to get plates on so get it driving cuz I It's easy enough. I'm I'm uh anyway. I'm becoming uh, like these crazy car people. Like, you know who they are. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, Daryl, that's enough about me and my nonsense. Great score, brother. Um, I just basically have been working on the garbage that I have without buying new garbage. I still look at garbage. I still – there's like a Facebook meme that says stop opening Marketplace every time you turn on Facebook. Yeah. I need to start doing that because um, – yeah. Anyways, I went to uh, Iowa last time. I think we talked. Mm-hmm. I was going to run out there, and I said I was going to get killed. Yeah, because you and I talked at the uh, car show, but we haven't had a show since then. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Daryl actually hung out like two times two, last this weekend or two time. weekends ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like twice. Um, I actually met a guy that I met on the internet with uh, most of the interior pieces that I needed for my 58 Plymouth. He's in a white panel van, like driving by? Uh, he was in a caravan, but yeah, kind of <laughs> close. I met him at a gas station. It was fine. Um, but it's also pretty nasty, and it's going to need total restoration. So I'm actually going to be looking for some different upholstery shops who are going to be able to help me out a little bit. Um, working on pounding dents out of stainless, polishing some stainless trim, sourcing all the little annoying clips to mount it on the car. Dude, you're, the brain cells you burn on this stuff just blows my mind. It kills me. It, it's uh, like it's ridiculous. And not only that, but you know those cars when they were built, you know all the stainless trim looks really nice. And of course, back in the day, it would just have stamped holes in the sheet metal. Yeah. A little clip, you push the stainless on, maybe a little bit of body caulk or something behind it, and no big deal. Well, when you're out washing a car 
all that all that stuff goes in and starts dripping water inside inner rocker panels and yeah. all the stuff that nobody sees. And then you look at old pictures of these. After five years, they're all rusted out. Well, that's because they're just holes in the body everywhere. Sure, sure. So uh, besides doing all this stuff, I'm actually sourcing different types of clips, uh, rubber washers and all kinds of seam sealer and things to, when I put it back in, Make sure, that even though I'm not driving every day in yeah. the winter, that it's not going to rot out again. Wow. It's it's a pain. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm working on there. And also been trying out my new buffer. I bought a, a 7-inch buffer off Amazon. It's a TCP Global. It's a cheap one. So it, it, now the buffer technology has changed a lot lately. Yes. So we have the we have the micros that, that kind of do like a fraction turn. And yeah, then we like got the, the orbitals action. and they got the duals. Yeah. What, what is this TCP7? It's a It's a rotary buffer. Okay. So it's not a dual action. Two, two handled type thing? Um you can switch it up, but I have got yeah, it's a it's a it's a giant so it's like an old school look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, variable speed and it's actually really nice. Um I've been playing around with that on uh, the Solera because the Solera needed some some paint correction. Yeah, it's got uh, yeah, it's got some it's got some battle scars on that. I did get the thing to shine up pretty nice, uh, and I enjoyed working with it. What's nice is when you do get a a buffer like that. I used to have a Cirrus Craftsman Orbital that I was you know good enough. Yeah, uh, and then I got to a point where I'm like, I need something bigger and better. And so this is fun because it actually helps me learn how to actually work paint a little bit more. Yeah. And it's not a bad piece of gear. It's 99 bucks. It comes with uh, like four different types of foam bonnets, a wool pad, all kinds of things, um, and the spur to clean it. So it's it's nice, and I'm pretty happy with the work. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and then I actually, a friend of mine stopped by. He bought a Chevy Bolt EV. It's the smaller so, one. So in the Bolt is a true EV, right? There's yes. no gas at all to this thing. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and I'd never... I've seen them at uh, maybe at the auto show or something. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, whatever. When did they come out? 20... I think 2015. Okay, that sounds about right. I thought so, it was like 2016. Yeah, it's pretty recent because I, I know they killed the Volt, I think. They, they, they did they? That. I thought I saw a new Volt the other day. Uh, I thought they did or they were going to okay, phase it out. Yeah, maybe done. But uh, this thing, it's the first friend of mine in real life... You always read about EVs, yeah. and I've you know see a couple of Teslas in town and stuff. I don't actually know somebody who's got a Tesla. This is the first dude that has bought an EV, and it's going to be his daily runaround car. Uh, got it off lease for like fifty percent of what the price was, and it's twenty seventeen, so it's clean, low miles. Sticker, sticker price was probably thirty five, thirty eight, okay. thirty eight for his, yeah, and so he got it for seventeen. Like and I'll tell you what, um, short of the whole range thing and stuff. I think the range on that is like 230 or 40 miles. Mm-hmm. So not as much as like a... And it's a small car. It's, it a, it's a compact, right? It's tiny. It's big enough inside. Um, but I'll tell you, you put the hammer down and oh, that should thing go. goes. Yeah. We blasted down Knoxville in the thing. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, I was laughing. Are you smiling the whole time? I'm like, what is this? Well, because it's pure power. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We don't get that experience anymore with any of the cars. I mean, no. especially with the newer stuff. I mean, the new stuff with the VVTi and, and, and the low, the low. what do I say, uh, size of the engine, the, small, the smaller engine yeah. requiring the higher RPMs. you got to wind I mean, it we're up. Not, we're not getting those torque curves, but those right. EVs. They just—it's like driving a go kart when you're a kid. Very much, yeah, very much so. And it was—it was fun. It was almost like uh, you know everybody was giggling. We're like, this is—it was so funny. Yeah, it is. Um, so I don't know. It might be kind of fun if something like that does pop up for a cheap in-town commuter. I don't know. Uh, it, it might—it might bring. Hey, there's one thing I know about Daryl Scott. Yeah. If there's an opportunity to get a car that he wants, 
<laughs> if he can justify right. it in his head, mm-hmm. and Sarah will at least even just look at him without uh, frowning, he might end up owning the car. That's that's what I would do. Only I would I would hook up an extension cord to my neighbor's while I charge it. That's a good idea. Because my garage only has 20 amp service. It's yeah. terrible. I'm going to warn you folks, this whole show is going to turn into like EV nonsense, just so mm, you yeah. know. Except yeah. for... Except for this next section of the show, our newest favorite section, Race Daily Kill. Yeah. Complete with echo. Yes. <laughs> this is a great, great, great lamp. So last time we did the 1985. Yes. And then Daryl pulls out, what do you call it, the Boogie Van Edition? Yeah, I'm calling this the Boogie Van Edition. I think I need some, like, waka waka music in yeah. the background. Yeah, little 70s guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then uh, it just stems from the fact that I have a soft spot for vans, and I've been watching some YouTube videos of people building like '70s street vans. Yeah. I don't know why. No, it's cool. I'm all about people building school buses. There was there's like a school bus thing now where people are building them, and they uh, you can't tell their inside is converted. It looks like a bus from the outside, yeah, but the inside is like you know like giant. Bed and bathroom, Travertine kitchen, tile. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, 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 hardwood yeah. floors. Yeah, yeah, what I love in those is like the people that have like the wood burning stove. You're like, dude, yeah. what are you? Yeah, are you like mountain man? <laughs> no, it's different. All it's right, different. so so the selections for this race daily kill are a '78 Volkswagen bus, a '78 Chevy van G10, and a '78 Dodge Sportsman 100. That's right, doing three vans, three different makes, and actually one of them could be arguably quite a bit different than the other two. Oh, absolutely. I mean, actually, I found too many similarities between the Chevy and the Dodge, but the Mm -hmm. VW is totally the cast-off, which makes this segment kind of fun. So I I didn't really read into yours because I think half the fun on this is not knowing your thought process. All these vans were actually surprisingly close in price. They went around $6,000. The Chevy uh, was the cheapest at $5,300. Now, the Volkswagen comes with a 2-liter Air cooled four cylinder, but it's still the most expensive of the bunch. Mm, and then we, it's German. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Exactly. And it's the smallest and probably weighs half the weight of these other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got an inline six cylinder in the uh, Chevy, and we got the uh, 318 V8 in the Dodge. All right. So here's where I am. All right. Uh, what are your picks here? Yeah, my, uh, first off, I love this, and if we do race daily kills that are all antiques and classics, I'm all for it. I think it's actually when you started doing that with the uh, the yeah. '80s one, I'm yeah. like, this makes it much more fun. <laughs> all right, I've watched a million Dodge Trannies bite the dust in my career, and my <laughs> my grandparents have bit the dust in their Dodges when they drive to Florida every year with their with their Dodge van full of of dogs oh. as they're moving, you know, from their Florida house to their their snowbird uh, their, their Fairbury house. Yeah, yeah. so I say race the Dodge. You might as well burn out that tranny while you're having fun. Okay. And you can paint it in paramedic colors so you can do some cool cosplay for the Cannonball Run. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. There was a Dodge right. van in there. That thing was awesome, by now, the way. Yeah, and like Daryl, I had good luck in the 80s with my you know 4.3s and my Chevys, even though this isn't a 4.3, but we were kind of an Astro and a Chevy family yeah, back yeah. with Strickland Chevrolet when I was a kid. And uh, so I'm daily in the Chevy. Okay. And I love the VW. I love the VW. And if it had a West Valla top on it, I'd probably just say, screw it, it's my race daily kill. But this was not a West Valla. Yeah. And so all I'm going to say is unless this segment is rest, race daily hippie, <laughs> race daily I'm, hippie. <laughs> I'm killing the VW. I'm sorry. Uh because uh, you sure. know, because you know, something's blowing up on that sucker when yeah. you try and daily it. Sorry, I'm I'm sure someone's out there is crying right now. Yeah. Um, Sorry, race daily hippie. That might be a good, <laughs> a good section. Christmas show. Christmas sure. show. There you go. 
All right. Uh, well, mark my words, vans are going to make a comeback. I really think right now we're starting to see just a little bit of a trickle in that, especially over in the UK, especially in Japan. Japan is weird with Dodge vans. They yeah. love them. They race them over there. With that being said, I would race the Dodge because they're big in Japan. Um, mm-hmm. They actually take the take the tradesmen's and they kind uh, of a big deal. A three eighteens or three sixties, and they beef them up and they go like drifting and stuff, which is hilarious to see. <laughs> um, I lead the Chevy because I like Chevys, and this one actually is from that era where it's like the Who's the Boss fan. Yeah, you come from a, a family of Chevy apologists, by the I way. I do, I yeah. do. Especially with the straight six. I absolutely love, you know, you can't beat them. They just, they will rust out. They will fall to pieces, but that drivetrain will go forever and ever. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I would kill the Volkswagen bus, the Type 2. My brother, Kyle, had a 77 bus, and I, I loved riding in it, except in the wintertime. Oh, really? Yeah. When there was no heat? When there's hardly any heat. I remember we had blankets and sleeping bags. <laughs> we had a 17-mile drive to work, and the two of us would take, you know... Uh, You'd start it up, let it warm up, and then even still, like it was like a hot breath on your face. I mean, it's got to be like seconds. a Briggs and I've never driven one as a daily driver, so it's got to be like having a Briggs and Stratton motor and just trying to exude all the heat possible, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> and there's just especially when you get a, a breeze. And by the way, nothing scarier than driving a bus at freeway speed. I say freeway speed for that was like sixty three <laughs> top. Topped out. And a four-speed manual. Yeah. Um, the automatic's are even worse because I think... Three, three or two-speed, right? All that 70 horse, like 50 of that horsepower went to drive that transmission. <laughs> but yeah, his was a four-speed. I remember being on 294 and like semis passing you. Oh. Just, you blow over like half a lane. You're like, oh. Fun cars. They look great. I love seeing them, especially when they're restored. Cars but, and Coffee had that window van. The uh, Oh, God. God, yes. it was gorgeous. It was like a... Uh, we call it a 21 window. Or yeah, whatever. the resort van and everything was powder coated to a beautiful perfection. They they are they are so cool, but uh, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Maybe in Southern California we just drove around the beach all day or something, I don't know. Yeah. Well, unfortunately in Central Illinois you'd have half the year to repair it. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> the other half winters. to drive it, yeah, and, and hopefully it doesn't break down during the, the time you want to drive it cuz then then you're literally left with one or two months you get to enjoy it, right? True. All right. That's enough of Race Daily Kill. Let's get on to the headlines of the show. There are a lot of them, so we're going to blow through some international news, some national news, some local news, uh, because we want to make sure you're informed because we're informed. International news. Ford Motor Company has reached tentative agreement with 5,400 unionized employees in Canada in a settlement that also secures $1.5 billion investment in two plants and a commitment to build electric cars in the suburban in, in suburban Toronto. The decision is from Dearborn, Michigan-based automaker, represents a shot of confidence for Canada's auto sector. Factories in the country produce roughly 2 million vehicles annually, and that was down 25% from back in 2000 as the car makers invested in lower-cost regions such as Mexico. The giant sucking sound, Ross Perot said back then. That article is in the Wall Street Journal. And, and Ford- I can tell you, the, the, electric, the electric thing is going to be a theme this whole show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think the five thousand employees in Toronto now are going to start building electric cars? What? What does Tesla have that many employees? I, I guess I'd like to weigh that against a Tesla factory. Well, I don't know what Ford models are are going to be electrified. <laughs> electric, exactly. That's the thing. They just Ford's kind of been a little behind the times with some of that. Mustangs. That must be that must be all Mustangs, the right? E Mach. What is it? E Mach or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mach E. 
<laughs> Tony Millionaire's Mockies. I don't know. Somebody can look that up. That's a good cartoon strip. Yeah. All right, Volkswagen. Volkswagen is going to provide owners of its ID4 compact electric sport utility vehicle with three years of unlimited charging in the U.S. That's an interesting model because I think does Tesla give unlimited? I don't charging if you buy a new one. I'm honestly not sure. I know a lot of them have you know the little pop up displays where you can you know here's where a, a free charging station is. Um, you know, like grocery stores, libraries, things like that. Yeah. Um, German automakers said earlier this week, um, Volkswagen said customers who lease or purchase the electric SUV that was launched last month can access the company's unit Electrify America's U.S. network of more than 470 charging stations and 2,000 fast chargers. That's where I think the, the, the difference is, is not only the access to them, but also the time. Yeah, the fast chargers make a huge difference. Huge. Uh, talking to my friend who bought the Bolt, he, uh, I think there's like, if you get if you get the 240 charger at home, you're cool. But that's you know a lot of money, a lot of electrical work in your mm-hmm. house. If you get the standard plug-in 110 that steps it up, it's like an eight amp thing, and mm-hmm. it takes forever mm-hmm. to charge. I don't know anything about that. Is that kind of like the plug-in hybrid? Oh yeah, the, the plug-in. Uh, well, our plug-in hybrid isn't so bad because it doesn't have the huge demands. It only goes. 20 miles. Okay. But our uh, the EV RAV4, which was a Tesla, if you were to try to do that on the regular 110, it was like a 30-hour charge. For, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was yeah. insane. But if you had a 220, that thing would be knocked out in four or five hours, and you'd have your 120-mile range. VW seems to – I've seen a lot of traction on uh, VW's electric efforts. I really think they're poised to make a huge splash. I'm, we're going to keep an eye on them. Yeah. I, I've been very interested, and I'm telling you, I said this on the last show, it's the only car that my kids go, I can't wait for that vehicle to come out. The bus uh, yeah. concept? Yeah. 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 So it, that that tells you something right there, and I'm telling you, sell your Tesla stock. <laughs> 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 Buy some Volkswagen. Anyway, I don't know about that, but uh, I'm telling you, every other manufacturer is going to have a leg up. Because right here, if they already have access to that many charging stations and 2,000 fast chargers, and they have the infrastructure to make the cars, um, you know, I don't care how many gigafactories. If you have three gigafactories in the world, you're going to have to do a lot of catch-up versus the other manufacturers, if they're on the game. I'll get you. I'll right. get you. In national news, nearly a decade ago, Toyota Motor Corp dethroned General Motors as the world's largest car maker, leaving some GM executives wringing their hands. Mary Barra wasn't among them. She she took the job in 2014 as a CEO, and she inherited a company that for decades was so large and unwieldy that executives sometimes didn't know whether the parts of the business were making money or losing it. On a visit to GM's unprofitable operation Thailand last year, she signaled the readiness to curb the company's fixation on size, and she criticized her Asian executive team's five-year plans to introduce several new models, according to people who attended. That one's also from Wall Street Journal. Um, I think there has always been a, a, a competition. I think Volkswagen right now is the largest mm. auto manufacturer because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's Porsche, it's Audi. It's Volkswagen. I, I, what is it? Is Skoda them or there's some yeah, other? Uh, a bunch of British. I think Rolls. They own Rolls. They own uh, Bugatti and then a bunch of other ones that are mostly sold. In and do they have Lambo? Ferber. Lambo or uh, yeah? Uh, yes, yes, they do. Okay, because that's the uh, like the R8 is a Lambo. Yeah, basically. So yeah. okay, um, I think there's always been like everybody wants to be the biggest, and I think GM, you know, mm. def- they definitely owned it for a long time. And then Toyota, and Toyota was fixated on it for a while, and then GM or Volkswagen took it over. But um, I think that they're, I give her credit on that. That's a hard pill sure. to swallow, especially. I guarantee there was some. First off, the Asian guys are over there doing their own thing. It's kind of like we're talking about one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. But uh, they're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna do this. Yeah. 
God bless them. I'm sure they had every intention of doing whatever they can to release models and be competitive. But if 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 Mama Ship, if Mothership doesn't have, you know have any interest in that, then at least she's nipping them in the bud, right? Yeah, and and I think you also have to look at what's performing and what isn't. I mean, every industry in the last ten to fifteen years has looked at what's profitable. They run numbers. They run reports. It's not, we're in this market because we have to be. Well, yeah. why do you have to be? Well, because it's always what we've done and, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, General Motors has had a long-standing fixation with, with, with size. She's absolutely right. I mean, and I think the old boys club at GM, which, by the way, a lot of them are still there, um, they come from that era where GM made refrigerators, they made <laughs> uh, cars, they made trucks, they made buses, they made tr- uh, yeah. they made diesel engines for Combat boats, vehicles. they made trains, they made commuter, uh, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, and and they've seen things slowly scale back. And there's a lot of people, like I said, the old guard, the old boys club, they're still in charge to some extent, and they're upset at where they see the company going because. You know what's the saying? You know, as as uh, GM goes, so does America. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, that's not true anymore. And General Motors is is in a lot of markets in uh, China. We keep talking about uh, companies like Buick. Buick was huge in China for a long time, and they put their foothold over in in a lot of parts of Asia. But that's changed too. We've seen the middle class shrinking a little bit over in China yeah. as things evolve. So, yeah, like to your to your point, I, I do give her credit to adjust and adapt to the market. I think that that's leadership, really, is what that boils down to. Everybody's right. afraid to ever say something that upsets people. But hey, I give her big big time props for going over there and and dropping the hammer. <laughs> yeah, she's she's been a good uh, asset to to General Motors. I'm not familiar with where she came from. If she was kind of homegrown. Don't know. She was from GM, but uh, she's she's obviously doing what she can, and GM's done some really neat things in the last ten years. I want to say the early to mid two thousands were kind of dark times for GM. I mean, they were putting out quality wise not that great of stuff. They had uh, tons of tons of different makes and, and models and stuff, and you know we, th- we saw things like Pontiac go away, oh, Saturn dude, go Saturn, away. Saturn was like the dark days, dude. Yeah, that, that one still that still guts me. That you know it, I, that that was like the feel good brand. And it took them, I mean, that was in the works for 20-some-odd years before they, I mean, the, all the R&D, all the development that went into that, and they launched. Yeah. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's not working. We're shutting it down. Yeah. Nuts. So, Nuts. Yeah, I Nuts. give her credit. These next two articles are very much related, so just bear with me here. Uh, first one comes from Automotive News. Hyundai wants to restart facility upgrades, and dealers are wary. Hyundai and Genesis are resuming their dealership upgrade programs after halting them six months ago because of COVID. It disrupted U.S. auto markets. Some of the dealers are pushing back. Retailers say economic conditions remain uncertain in the U.S., and car buyers are increasingly moving online, especially under the shadow of the pandemic, making major investments into physical stores less appealing. Mm. But executives in Hyundai Motor America say they feel the company's retail sales rebounded from coronavirus thanks to aggressive factory promotions and hard work by dealers. Now is the time to move forward. And that leads into the next article here from Automotive News. EV upgrades may be the final straw for some Cadillac dealers. The dawning of electric vehicles era is likely to mark the end of the road for some low-volume rural Cadillac dealerships. The luxury brand is requiring U.S. dealers who want to keep their franchise after 2022 to spend $200,000 installing chargers, buying special tools, and training employees to handle the lineup that is planned to be the fully electric Within the decade, Cadillac officials and top dealers believe that the worthwhile investment will give customers first-class experience, but they acknowledge it could be too much for some retailers and don't that don't have enough volume to recoup the low cost in the reasonable period of time. This 
is the greatest conundrum right here. The Hyundai dealers, I believe, are correct in, in pushing back that our brick and mortar investments, you know, really worth our time right now. You know, we build a, and, and let me sure. tell you, these investments, because Toyota did this over the years, we, the last, uh, what they call it? Image USA makeover they had us do. You put the big facade on the front. Yeah, and- yeah, that was 10 years ago or so. Yeah. And we were behind the eight ball on that one. Um, you know, there's going to be an, another Image USA and they're going to want you to, to invest, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. And if you don't do it, if you don't put new uh, lifts, new bigger lifts that accommodate this or that, if you don't have the electric charging stations, you know, your franchise agreement is on the ropes. I mean, how does that, um, they just call it? Like a hotel calls a franchise? Like Marriott says, you're not worthy of our flag anymore? I mean, I think it would be a long, drawn-out process, but basically you have a franchise agreement. You know, you could have a dealership, but unless you re-up your franchise agreement, the manufacturer has all rights that you didn't follow yeah. on your end of the contract, and they can yank that and sell it to somebody else. You still own the building. You still own you know, the pavement and everything else, yeah. but you may lose your franchise. And what is that pavement worth if you don't have the franchise tag on it? That's true. I mean, I, I'm not trying to dog another dealership. That's fine. My wife and I were in Kiwani looking at furniture a couple of weeks ago, and we stopped at McDonald's, got a nice tea before we headed out of town. And we're sitting at the drive-thru, and we're looking across the street, and there's this just a giant Morton building, a fairly new, nice, yeah. um, and then some cars out front. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, it's a used car lot or a service station or something like that. No. It was a Chrysler dealership. Yeah, there was a Jeep store up in Kiwani. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there or not. It's still there, but it's if you look at it, and I'm, I'm used to seeing like the Jeep stores around here yeah. or any kind of Chrysler, Dodge, Ram dealership where it looks like a dealership. There's literally just a Morton building with a nice sign out front and then some flags and some cars. Yeah. So it wasn't that big flashy thing. And I thought to myself, I wasn't making fun of them, but I'm like, well, it's different looking dealership. But again, that's rural America. Yeah. And it's a different market. It's a different base. And... Uh, frankly, there's probably not enough money to justify a $500,000 makeover for a building like that. And that's kind of what this Cadillac story is about. They're basically going to require these dealerships to spend uh, almost a quarter million dollars to just bring it up to that level. That's before you get into the fact that they have existing staff. They have a uh, you know the inventory that may or may not be selling right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. That's asking a lot in a, in well, a franchise heat. The Peoria metro area, we have a Cadillac dealer. It's an Uftering Weston. Yes, and then Veldi has Cadillac. Is that the only two? I think around here there is. So I mean, if we're going to go 100 percent EV on Cadillacs. Is it out of line to think that there might just be one Cadillac dealer? At the, the end area? of the day? Yeah. No, probably I don't not. Think so. And and I can tell you just from the tools I've had to buy with with EV vehicles with Toyota, um, and the chargers and the training and the special tools, I mean, I think our end was probably forty or fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. And and that we have nothing to show for on the front of the building. Everything about it is all in in house training and tools that we have sitting there. They're actually fairly idle. We don't do anything with these tools because we're not we're not big on EVs. But well, and, and the service aspect of an EV, I mean, that was the other thing I was talking with my friend who just bought the bolt. Yeah, you spend $200,000, you're not making any money in service. You're not oil changing. You're not, I mean, you're doing what? Tire rotation and maybe some other minor stuff. Warranty work. That's it. You're, you're praying to God there's a recall or something because there's really not going to be a whole lot. Now, I will say this. If an engine goes bad, if a battery goes bad, we're dealing with giant ticket items. Sure. But sure. what I've noticed with our manufacturers, is they don't pay in traditional terms on those things. They're like, oh, well... You got to replace that hybrid battery. We're going to get that through a different subsidiary. We're just going to drop ship it to you. You're not going to be able to mark it up. And I'm like, 
what's that crap all yeah. about? You know, yeah, it's all components. Yeah, basically just so so if it turns into something kinky like that, then you're not even making any money. You know, like you traditionally would. So that's a it's a big ask, especially we get back to rural America. And the dealerships, and, and, and it's it's rolling out new technology, or here's the cars we're going to put out there. And still, in in urban areas where urbans, uh, I'm sorry, where EVs have been adopted and been part of the, the landscape for, I don't know, now 10, 15, 20 years in mm-hmm. some areas, especially out in like California and stuff, th- no problem. But if you're going to try to go to like Macomb, Illinois, or Midland, Michigan, or you know Dublin, Ohio, and be like, "Here's the new electric Cadillac SUV that's eighty thousand dollars," okay, uh, you'll probably sell two of them. You know, <laughs> and that's that's for the risk. I mean, I think you know we talked to George Barra, George Barris here a while back. He talked about having one Mercedes or two Mercedes, and it kind of forced him down his throat, saying, "He's like, well, I want this model. Like, well, that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get this." And you're stuck with that, you know, and you're yeah. trying to make money on one or two cars a year. Right. Yeah. This is what you want. Ugh. This is what you get. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck, dealers. But I uh, give you kudos. Also, just not to prolong this, but do you really think, are you seeing that much of a difference in, during the COVID era, uh, people buying cars online and bypassing the whole dealer experience? No, is, we're not. But but cent- you know this. Central Illinois is completely different. It's an anomaly. As yeah. far as a market, yeah, I think because I talk to dealers in my twenty group, and there's you know the guys who are in Colorado, customers are handling completely different, completely crazy. Cal- like California, California guys, yeah. yeah, not even seeing their customers half the time. Customers are customers are literally standing on the parking lot with envelopes, you know, just and dropping their keys and like leaving them there. Here's they my refu- paperwork. Refuse to come in the store. So, yeah. uh, I we're pretty much seeing business as usual with a lot of people, and that that upsets the people who take it more seriously because I get to hear about the surveys. And sure. This guy was in the showroom floor and he wasn't wearing a mask and he coughed and burped. And I right. was like, that, that is a legitimate survey I got this week, that a customer burped loudly without wearing a mask. Well, that's, that's gross in any season and yeah. any conditions. And that's kind of what I told her when I got her survey. I said, this gentleman was probably inconsiderate before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just... A little more so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in other news that's national, Kansas City is now banning Tesla at their auto show. This is March what? 2020 in Clean Technica. Uh, the, since Tesla sells directly to consumers, mm. who is excluded from the Kansas City auto show, is reported in Clean Technica, the Automobile Dealers Association of Greater Kansas City puts on the auto show, kind of like the auto show of Greater Peoria. According to the report, the sales and service agreement with the automakers is a criteria to join the association, and Tesla's business model lacks franchise dealerships. However, local Tesla owners and enthusiasts set up outside the auto show, and the Tesla owners gave <laughs> test drives in their cars. <laughs> Interesting. So this, this is, I mean, the, the new car dealers association is who puts on the T- Peoria auto show. Sure. And you're right, Tesla... Rivian, all these guys, they don't have franchise dealers, so they should not be in there. And then, the, and the reason they're excluded is because it's all those dealers paying for it. We pay for it out of our marketing agreements, you know, with our manufacturer. Right. Yeah, the big ones too: North American Auto Show in Detroit, yeah, uh, the Chicago Auto Show. Those are all local dealers, yeah. in the you know the area. So that I can see that. I think the guys going out front though, doing the test drives, yeah, that's a riot. And oh. uh, and you know what? If you're if you're a disciple of the of the product, hey. Why not, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess that could count as our moment of Musk, right? That's yeah, sort of. Yeah, I know. I looked up it just just uh, just as a shout out to our uh, fan there, you know, uh, that loves. I, I looked. Elon was upset because people weren't covering Tesla Battery Day, which I didn't even know Tesla Battery Day was a thing. So what? 
Is it like an actual day? I guess. I don't know. Uh, Is it like National Canine you know, Dental Health Day? And yeah, all this yeah. Here, let me read this article. Let's just call it, We'll make it an abbreviated moment of must. And your moment of must. <laughs> Elon is frustrated by media coverage of Tesla Battery Day, calling it sad and expressing his belief that there is a lack of appreciation for his manufacturing. In an interview that appears to have been edited by Kara Swisher's podcast, Tesla CEO Elon Musk complained about the media coverage, saying, The press coverage for this event was sad. Most of the press coverage was sad, reflection of their understanding, really. However, Musk claim, uh, claims that he also didn't try to convince people that much. I wasn't trying to convince people that much. The results will speak for themselves. Then he went on a rant about how people don't appreciate the manufacturing enough. This is something the average person has no idea whatsoever. Smart people on Wall Street generally don't have the faintest clue about the manufacturing and how difficult it is. They think that once you come up with a prototype, that that's the hard part and everything else is trivial. You're copying. It's not. It's perhaps 1% of the problem. Large-scale manufacturing, especially the new technology, it's something between 1,000 and 10,000% harder. 10,000%. That's a big number. That is a huge number. It's harder than the prototype. And that is your moment of Musk. Uh, Elon's a crybaby. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't care about respect to manufacturing. The yeah. same could be said for people who make like lemon heads. Yeah, were those original? Yeah, like, yeah, the Wonka bar. If you, you ever, just don't appreciate it, right? If you ever watch how it's made. Like, you know, it's fascinating to see things like crayons being made. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to pay $5,000 for a 64-pack of Crayolas. Mr. Mr. Crayolas on the, on a podcast. People don't understand how hard it is to make Burt Sienna. I don't know. <laughs> Raw umber. <laughs> dork. What a dork. I wish I could. I, I, I seriously need to get, like, a, uh, a voice training program so I... Or a modulator, my Elon modulator, so I can uh, do a little. little yeah, well, I, voice. I'll have to work on whatever number that is, and we'll uh, we'll okay. put that into the uh, production. Preset, yeah. preset it. If we could just get a few more subscribers on that Patreon feed, I could afford that. That's what we need—a a, a voice <laughs> modulator. I could make prank calls. All right, uh, you know this next segment, uh, the rabbit hole. Yes, it's what? a good one. This so, so this is national news here. Nikola, Nikola, which is Tesla's arch enemy electric car maker that GM's been in bed with now here shortly. Uh, they Their share slumped, and it deepened after the founder resigned. I don't know if you know this, Daryl. No, no. Yeah, the electric truck maker Nikola Corp., which makes something that looks a lot like the Cybertruck, they tumbled 34% on Monday, and I think that was last Monday when we thought we were going to do a show last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor Milton, remember Mr. Milton? He stepped down as the executive chairman following a public squabble of the short seller with a short seller over allegations of nepotism. Do you know what nepotism, nepotism is, Daryl? It means like hiring your brothers and cousins yeah, and Yeah, that's nepotism. We have anti-nepotism policies where I work. Do you have those? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You probably do, if you read your employee handbook. I, I don't read that yeah. stuff. Anyway, the embattled company, which I've never heard them called embattled until this all popped up, uh, named Stephen Gursky, former, former vice president of General Motors and a member of Nikola's board, as a chairman effective immediately, short seller Hindenburg Research said in a scathing report earlier this month that it had gathered enough evidence to show that Nikola and Milton had made false claims about the company's proprietary technology to partnerships with large automakers. That's from Reuters. Now, this is where I went down the rabbit hole, Daryl. Okay, okay. This is where I started looking up who Hindenburg Research was. I've never heard of them, by the way. I it haven't sounds either. frightening. sounds anyway, terrifying. But if you go, there's a Reuters article from September 10th, and uh, GM spent $2 billion on Nikola. 
With a and B. The, yeah. Billion. Billion. And the stock, the stock was all over the place in, in the last couple months. It went up to a high of uh, $93.99. It sits right now at $19. Okay. And I think it's, it's uh, what's 52-week low is seventeen eighty eight. So it's literally sitting right by its low. But Mr. Milton had hired a new head for the director of hydrogen production infrastructure at Nikola. Oh, who might that have been? And now, well... Well, we won't we won't give it away so soon. But this person, who is now the head of hydrogen technology there, uh-huh. had previously been the research uh, staff at Worthington Industries, and uh, that's according to his LinkedIn profile. That's Travis Milton. Ah, uh, Milton, same last name. Any yeah. relation? Yeah, Eric. Oh, yeah. That's where the allegation of nepotism comes in. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, so <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yeah, it does. So anyway, uh, Hindenburg accused Nicholas founder Trevor Milton of nepotism. Said he had gathered enough evidence to show Milton had made false statements. The short seller said Milton had appointed his brother Travis to lead the hydrogen infrastructure unit, despite having <laughs> no substantial evidence of that sector. Trevor, you are my brother. You're supposed to protect me, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> so now GM has 11% stake in Nikola. The CEO is gone, but they do have a GM CEO there. Uh, Nikola yeah. seems to be bringing nothing to the partnership but concept designs. Their brand name is up to $700 million. They'll be paying GM for the cost related to production, Hindenburg said. GM Motors, as it stands by the statements it made when announcing its partnership, we are fully confident in the value and we'll create working together. Sure. I wonder what Mary Barra had to say about that. What do you think? Well, everyone crowed about the Rivian investment by Ford, which was, was it $500 million? Yeah. So this is four times that. Yeah. This is big money. This is for a company that hadn't shown anything. And honestly, when you have two brothers and one of them's like, yeah, you can do hydrogen. <laughs> what? Okay. What are you going to do? What about my wife? Oh, she can be the head of housekeeping. Quick, quick question by the board, and you know, don't get upset. But uh, what does your brother know about this exactly? How dare you How question dare. his his qualifications? Yeah. By the way, he's going to need three hundred thousand stock shares in mm-hmm. order to take this position because we're getting him from Worthington Industries, where he was working on the design of the helium balloon tanks you see so frequently at Walmart in the party section. <laughs> and at and at Party City. In <laughs> fact, that Mylar balloon that I bought that says congratulations on your yeah. promotion, Trevor. I bought it from. from I think Apple. the funny thing is, I I was able to look up Trevor's uh, LinkedIn profile and find his whole resume there, basically. And then yeah, and I, I did see he's he's an avid enthusiast of the Church of Latter Day Saints. Okay, and he's also in, interested in Anheuser Busch. Not sure how those two go together, but I give him kudos for his diversity. Well, yeah. I mean, he's also a fan of Mark Cuban. So <laughs> Shark Tank. Shark Tanked it up, yeah. <laughs> I love LinkedIn. And by the way, kudos for your uh, stalking, I mean, investigative skills, yeah, yeah. because we've got some great screenshots yeah. here. All I'm share. saying is they're, they're at a 52-week low. If, if you want a stock that you could throw away more money in, that'd, that'd be one to lose some money in this year, maybe, I think. Maybe, maybe. Uh, the the investment advice of Eric Stahl, Esquire, <laughs> is not one to be taken seriously. No, please don't disclaimer. D- actually, do as I don't. <laughs> uh, if you want to invest in helium, wasn't there a helium shortage like a couple of years there ago? There was a helium shortage. That was a big deal. Yeah, I watched a lady have a meltdown at uh, it was like a Hallmark <laughs> or something one time. Like, I want these balloons. Like, well, we can't fill it with helium. What do you mean? It's just like, well, ma'am, there's a helium shortage. I don't believe that. It's like she had a meltdown. Well, like a factory blew up in Utah or something, didn't it? I mean, it literally, helium, they can't make. It's still a Is fossil. It, it has to be brought up. Yeah, it's a natural gas. I didn't even know that. Yeah. They can't, they can't make it in the lab. 
well, I don't know enough about it, so can I get a job at Nicola? <laughs> you might be, become a CEO. We should just move out there and just be, uh, yeah, yeah, we're famous broadcasters. We'll give you lots of publicity. <laughs> lot. We'll need a couple hundred thousand shares. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, all right. Got it's, local news now, Daryl? Yeah, speaking of Rivian, our friends to the east of us here in uh, beautiful central Illinois, Michigan auto dealers are trying to block startup electric car makers, including Rivian and Lucid Motors. Never heard of them. Mm-hmm. From following in Tesla's footsteps by selling vehicles directly to consumers and then servicing them in the state. A bill introduced in the Michigan legislature last week would actually block any manufacturer other than Tesla. I'm not sure how they got passed. Yeah, that. I'm not sure how they got greasy palms and some hundred dollar yeah. bills. Yeah. Um, block- they got grandfathered. Tesla is the grandfather right. of electric cars. Right. They would actually uh, block that bill in uh, Michigan would block any manufacturer other than Tesla from selling cars to customers without a dealer as an intermediary and from owning and operating service and repair facilities. It would come up for a vote as soon as uh, tomorrow, according to a Rivian official. So that is from Bloomberg. We'll follow up on that. That is fascinating, the whole direct-to-consumers thing. Now, Tesla does have service centers. Yes, so this this could be the the difference between them and Lucid and, and Rivian. Yes, I uh, actually did on LinkedIn. I got uh, a headhunter. Oh, LinkedIn, huh? A headhunter uh, messaged me and said, you know, if you're interested, there's a service advisor for Tesla opening it in, in Chicago. Okay, I was going to say, right. I, I think I got hit with one of those in Bloomington like last year or two years yeah, ago because they had them throughout the state. But right? a buddy of mine worked for him, Kevin Fetters. I I don't I shouldn't say his name. I'll have to beat that out. Yeah, anyway, Kevin. Um, he worked out there. He said it was the worst job in the world because he was constantly putting people in loaner cars for a month at a time. That long. Oh, yeah. He said it was, it was constant loaner cars. So what happens? The service gets done up in the big cities. You basically take the customer car and put it on a flatbed. And He was in Seattle, and I think they had cars just literally sitting down all the time there. Waiting for parts. Yeah, waiting for parts. Because that's the big thing. They can make cars. They just can't get replaced. If you have body work on those things, yeah. I guess it's a nightmare. Interesting. Good. That's I wouldn't wouldn't have thought about that aspect. But yeah, you get in fender bender with any car, yeah. let alone Tesla. You get what do you got to wait for a bumper to get made? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> we don't have enough. We don't have enough bumpers for the cars on the assembly line. We can't give it to that dealership up in Portland. Yeah, that's bizarre. I'm gonna start talking. That's what I'm gonna do, Mister Burns. Mister Burns. Mister Burns. <laughs> we don't have enough time to get that bumper up there in Portland. It's a really good Mister Burns. Thank everybody. you. Thank you. Yeah, Smithers. I, Anyway. <laughs> I think you should do more voices. I think we get some, some All more right. subscribers. All right. Speaking of people who are annoying, besides Mr. Burns, uh, somebody who's really kind of grinding your gears, Eric. Yeah, is, I don't. I've let you grind all the gears the last couple of weeks, yeah, and uh, it's time. Yeah, it's my it's my time. And this this one actually was kind of stewing for a while, and it, it occurred to me today. I'm like, wait a second. I wanted to talk about this because I saw a video. You may be familiar with Supercar Blondie. Supercar. Supercar Blondie. I don't know if you guys know this. This car right here is the McLaren. I'm the first person ever to drive this car. Look at these handles. These handles are mother of pearl inlay. Anyway, she does these obnoxious videos. She's a bottle blonde. She wears usually some kind of a Gucci ball cap, and she's wearing silver leather pants. It's very tall, too, by the way. Maybe. I can't tell. The platform shoes may be amazingly tall. But she's usually walking around Abu Dhabi or some, some... you know, ritzy neighborhood, and she's driving definitely some ritzy car, but I think it's usually the Middle East somewhere. The fact is, she has had some amazing cars over the last decade. I mean, yeah. I've, I've watched this gal, you know, get a lot of screen time, and I still think she's absolutely obnoxious. I think she's learned a lot about cars over the time, and, you know, so I'll give her credit. I think she's a self made woman. But during COVID, I've watched her slum. 
Daryl, I've watched her. Slumming it. She is going down to the dregs of Australian guy narrates. That's where she's at right now. If you ever ever watch like Australian guy narrates a guy going no. into the uh, going to the car wash, something like that. I'm going to now. Oh, just, just look up Australian guy narrates, and okay. it's just it's just this obnoxious rugby thug who has to describe everything in his own vernacular. So it's funnier because it's Australian and obnoxious. Awesome. Anyway, but that's what she's doing now. She's becoming that narrator over uh, viral videos. So they'll be like, guys, watch this video. You can't believe this truck is going to go down into the mud. Is it going to get stuck? No, it makes it out. These guys are so great. Blah, blah. It's so bad. It's hideous. So it's it's like the honey badger guy. Ooh, I don't know what's that. Like the honey badger don't care. He'll take like wild, uh, like wildlife show clips and okay, yes, yeah, yes. But Australian guy speaks over is okay. almost the same thing. Right. Well, that's where supercar. So she's phoning it in. She's having to. I mean, I watch Donut Media. Those guys are doing everything on a green screen right now from their houses. So yeah. that's what she's doing. But I mean, I'm thinking she's probably lost a pile of revenue during COVID because she probably maybe she's trapped. Maybe she's in like some. Little little apartment in Amsterdam. She can't fly down to Abu to see you know Muhammad, you know the king of king of Arabic. Anyway, um, maybe. But you know, by the same token, you've watched like twenty eight of her videos today, so she got paid for every view. So maybe she's getting well. Those silver pants, man, they're hot. I'll tell you what: you can have a YouTube channel and make tons of money. And I I want to know. I mean, you and I aren't hot or blonde, but like. Why can't we get in on some aspect of that? I think it's I there. There's a level of production, so yeah. she's not doing it herself. There's somebody filming her. Uh, I mean, audio production, video production, overlays. Uh, there's 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 a lot going All on there. So I I contend, and I've said this before. This is this is probably pre-show material, but too late. Yeah, because years ago I I got laid up. I broke my leg. And I did the podcast. I did my beer podcast yeah. for like two months straight. I did actually did a beer day podcast. I had tons of people. I had I was doing interviews. I was getting all kinds of feedback. And I'll contend that if you put forty hours into this, yeah. if you and I put eighty hours a week into this, yeah, it might be something. We could make something. <laughs> yeah. But the fact is, Daryl, we have lives, and we have lives, yeah, and we have jobs, yeah. and we have pets that depend on us. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So, so, so we're not going to risk it all on this uh, crapshoot podcast. Plan B. Hear me out on this. <laughs> what if you just wore tight silver, silver leather pants? And you platform get, shoes. Well, as long as you knew how to work the lights on the camera, I, mean, I think we'd be all right. Uh, okay. Gucci ball cap, maybe? I can get, get some filters. We can get some Adobe uh, software and make it look good. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So what else? What else, brother? You've got a couple things here. I, and I'm, so I'm not going to get into the Google review. That, that We can save that for another show. But I will tell you this. <laughs> I had a guy come in the other day with his Yaris. And I hate calling out customers. And I, and the Yaris to me, you know, is it's a brand new car. This was a brand new Yaris. It's kind of the Mazda uh, merge car, you know, it's built at Mazda, but it's called a Toyota Yaris. Anyway, it's got a joystick in the middle, down down by the shifter where you control it. it you'd almost think it was M Drive. You know, I think it's yeah. a BMW. It's very exotic. Yeah. Put your hand down there. Ooh, I'm going to scroll the mouse on the radio with that dial. And I'm going to press in the middle for enter. So the guy comes in. and He says, "Oh, you guys done a software update for me in the past. Can you take a look at my software version and see if it needs update?" No problem. Do software updates all all day. You bought the car here. I'm not charging anything for that software update. I'll go out there. 
Dude, if there wasn't a burger and fries like smeared all over that joystick, <laughs> it was disgusting. It's almost like he took a McDonald's milkshake and just like poured it all around, make sure it was extra sticky, and then just every Ugh. sesame seed and pubic hair was like shoved all around it. It was so gross. And I'm like, that's I, not even a good combo. No, it was so gross. And the car could, could only be two years old tops. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to touch this, this wheel. In order to, to navigate to the screen, was there a hidden camera somewhere watching you? Uh, we had that the other day too. I had to I had to warn one of my employees. There's a camera that stays on this guy's car. Like Not that I cam. care, but I just have to tell people: don't be swearing, don't be yeah. doing anything stupid. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, so no, I go out there and I check, and sure enough, there's no software update. By God, I had to get my fingers down on that stupid little turnstile. And, mm. uh, what so, is up with people not cleaning their cars? I think people are living in them now. I think you know, we talked a little bit on the pre-show about just all the things that people are doing in the cars more and more. <laughs> I don't even want to know half of those things. But people are spending a lot more time. It's become their office. It's become their dining room, their $3 cafeteria. $3 car wash has free vacuums. Yeah, but it's different. The whole grease and the smudging and the food stuff, on the, everything's touchscreen, too. All the interfaces. Yeah, yeah. used to be in the old days, you'd have a knob. You turn the radio on, it just stayed on. Nobody really touched it. You know, I think having any kind of a surface that's flat, where yeah. you're supposed to put your palm of your hand on, I think that's a mistake in a car. I think you need vertical surfaces so that nothing stays, at least drips down. It right? Run- so <laughs> it runs down out of the floorboard. <laughs> so oh. if he, say he had Snickers chocolate on his finger. Yeah. At least a, a year from now, yeah. that that would have at least migrated down to the heater controls, right? Yeah, your Rollo McFlurry <laughs> is taken out on your uh, your HVAC. It's, it's made it all the way down to the cup holder, you know. You want to hear the grossest story? Yeah, I'd love to hear the grossest I'm story, sure, Daryl. I'm sure you yeah. would. Uh, when I worked in radio years and years ago, one you of worked the, in radio. You I did. Were, you were big time radio jock. And I, no, no. Yeah, you were. Yeah, no, I was. I was That's Daryl Scott, big time radio jock. I'm nobody now, but no, I had an engineer friend of mine, and we we were replacing a, a pop filter on a mic and a little capsule and some other stuff and in, in, it's an old sure microphone and he and i are both kind of neat freaks like cleaning everything and stuff got the you know isopropyl alcohol wipes and getting sure. all nice and sanitary right and he says hey uh you know years ago when i worked in a station in mississippi uh, i was doing one of these and i took the microphone apart and there was like cheetos in it <laughs> i said what do you mean there were cheetos he says there were cheetos he's like the the jock it was like a top 40 station i guess he Loved his Cheetos. He so put them inside the cap of the microphone? No, dude. It was just over the years of talking. Oh, no. The Cheeto oh, particles no. migrated through the foam, like that I'm touching right now on the, yeah. on the microphone, through the foam into the blast filter and everything and settled. It was like little minuscule Cheeto dust, but it was enough to turn the inside of the microphone orange. Gross. He says, I almost lost it. He's like, <laughs> I cleaned the whole thing and disinfected it. But he goes... It's disgusting what people do with equipment. Yeah. And the same thing with cars, man. I yeah. mean, that's something people yeah. – maybe he's a traveling salesman. He's in the car all the time. And No, this guy was just a terrible person. Okay. Well, there's yeah. that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. And I, I, and I think if I were to go by the diversity of our show, I'd say that we're probably 95% men listeners. Probably. Um, women are filthier in their cars. It, they're, they're hands, heard, it's hands down. I've heard my wife say that. Yeah, it's I, and I think it's a lack of education. I think that the dads maybe think their sons are going to learn. I mean, I, I grilled my daughter over a car and say, "Listen, you know your your napkins, your paper plates, everything you got sitting in your car, even plates and forks and stuff. I mean, yeah, that stuff's got to come out." But uh, but I you know I think we work with our sons over cleaning the cars. 
I think daughters, we just assume they're gonna gonna marry a good man who knows how to wash and wax a car. But when they when they're single till they're thirty, yeah, those cars become disgusting. Well, and even in our household, my wife and I have different standards. You know, for her, you know, when I get in her car, I'm like, "This is disgusting. This is filthy." It's not filthy. It's just there's yeah. so much stuff in there. And she's like, "You don't understand. I like having Kleenex, and I like having." Uh, an air freshener. I like having a notepad and all these things. And I'm like, there's all this clutter. There's all this junk. Get it out of here. I'm yeah. going to throw it away. And she's like, this is my car. You don't yeah. touch yeah. anything. You talked here. about that on the Highlander, the little platform last oh, time. Oh, yeah. The uh, shelf. I was kind of waiting for you to go a little sideways in this. I'm like, I may have to delete this section. As no. You t- okay. No, right. it's all cool. Right. And actually, my wife has actually highlighted. I'll have her send you some screenshots. She's actually highlighted a couple other newer cars that have come out. Yeah. And she'll take like the interior pictures <laughs> and she'll screenshot and say, see, tell Eric. There's other cars with a shelf, and it's a good feature, and people use it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but you're a little psychotic about this. <laughs> the shelf is awesome. I, I get it. I it understand. is. I get it. I get it, Daryl. I get it. Look, all I want is, is my car to be clean, and yeah. the only thing I want in my car is I need a pack of gum at all times. Really? I need to have a pack of gum. I don't think I've ever seen you chew gum. Uh, oh, well, you chewing gum when you came here today, weren't you? Yeah, I did. If I'm going to be talking to somebody, or if I'm at lunch, or I go to the bank, or whatever, or especially now that I wear a mask and smell my own breath all the time, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure I have gum. Got no, it. but that's why I like the Tundra because on the center console they got a little pouch cut out, and my little pack of Trident goes ah, fits nice. right in there. Very nice, beautiful. All right, that's enough about my craw this week, Daryl. Usually, this is a section of the show where you like overtake. So, uh, yeah, yeah. What do you got? What's 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 bugging you? Oh, the only thing I was going to throw out there is um, now is officially fall. So here in the Midwest, everybody in major cities or even small, mid-sized, <laughs> middle American cities, they like to do like little pilgrimages to the local apple orchard. Yeah. Right. Just drive out to the country with the kids and pick some apples. Yeah. And I don't know if they even let you do that anymore. You probably just go in and Oh, I think buy they have the bag. we pick still. Do they? Yeah. So up by us, we have a, a, an orchard. It's about 15 miles north of town called Tanner's Orchard. And anyone can look that up. World famous, probably. A great little place. Lovely. Family owned, I believe, maybe. Um, so all the Peoria area people pile their kids in the car, and they head up this two-lane highway for 15 miles, and... If you've been out on Route 40 in the last couple of weeks, you've seen these boneheads passing people. And I say boneheads in a way that I I don't mean it in a loving way. I mean, I saw some real stupid stuff on the highway. My wife and I were driving out to look at furniture at this Kiwani at the goods. If anyone loves goods furniture, it's huge. Mary, got it. Did you visit Mary? Uh, no, but I have I have visited Mary before yeah. uh, and had lunch in the wine cellar restaurant, the Rathskeller. Incredible. Whole city block is just a furniture it's store. It's a cool place. Really I, cool. Everybody needs to go there. But uh, all the way down forty, uh, it's a two lane road. So you go from four lanes in the city to two lanes, and then everyone in the city forgets, like the two lane roads, you can't pass all the time. They forget the rules of overtaking people on a two-lane <laughs> county highway oh, or and, state highway. And can you turn when it's an intersection? Or can you pass on an intersection? People are so dumb. I saw, my wife and I were both, we just saw lines of cars passing lines of cars too, way too long. Guy in an Explorer trying to pass six cars at a time and running out of road, running people into the shoulder in oncoming traffic. There was a guy uh, who got T-boned at, at a major intersection. I mean, we're, we looked at each other, we're like, what is wrong with these people? And, of course, all these people have kids in the car, car seats, minivans full mm. of people. So if they, if you misjudge passing a – one guy was trying to pass an Amazon semi. 
we were going 65 in a 55, and I thought we were doing a pretty decent clip. Now, this guy tried to fly past the whole line of people, oh, God. barely made it, and then, of course, turns right into the apple orchard. So what would you have? What would happen if you people can't judge, I don't know if it's distance, speed, depth? You need some serious horsepower if you're going to pass yeah, you know, a semi on a two-lane road. I think the, uh, the other thing about it is, like, I get in this conversation all the time with my wife in the car, and thankfully my wife doesn't listen to the show, so I can say whatever I want. Oh, nice. Um <laughs> If we're behind four or five cars, and I'm and I and I see on the GPS I got seven miles to go, and it's a two lane road, I'm not going to bother. Who cares? I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm just setting. I don't care. She will just be like, I can't see around this vehicle. I, I can't believe you're going to stay behind yeah. him. You need to get around him. I'm like, just chill. Yeah. I mean, whatever minute or two I'm going to save, minus the half gallon of gas I'm probably going to spend trying to pick, you know jump around all these other cars, it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. And it's not worth the stress. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's the thing that's scary. My my wife grew up in the country, so she's used to – she's like, oh, you don't have enough room to pass. Or there's a hill or there's a no passing zone. No. She gets it. Yeah. And that was ingrained in her when she was learning she how to drive. Yeah. I grew up in the suburbs. Driving in the country is one thing for me. I don't like passing lines of cars if I don't have something with a lot of horsepower. Yeah. And there's really – like you said, there's no need. Uh, if you're going to pick apples in the country with your kids, what the hell are you in a hurry for? Well, Daryl – to their defense, you haven't ridden with a car full of kids out to the apple orchard. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. You make a good point. <laughs> had you put yourself in that man's shoes, had you had you put yourself in that man's seat of his uh, Dodge van, you might realize why he was speeding. <laughs> why he was speeding onto a, a head-on into an oncoming traffic. Maybe there was a bowel activity that he had to get there faster than anybody else. Maybe. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. But it was uh, it was so bad that the guy, by the, by the way, the guy on the Amazon semi... I'm sorry, not Amazon. It was a Walmart semi. Walmart, uh, after seeing all the shenanigans and seeing the head-on accident or the T-bone accident at 17 and yeah. 40, he just weaved around the accident scene and just kept on going. By like, God, we're getting those apples, I'm kids. Out. Yeah. I'm out of here. You yeah. people deserve it. And he just kept trucking. Yeah. And I followed him because I'm like, I don't need this. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. Anyways, that's he, my thing. He he who doesn't have kids should not cast stones at a guy who drives a Chrysler with kids in it or something. I think that's all I learned from that. Maybe he was trying to end it all. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Well, if you guys don't shut up, I'm going to kill us all. I only want honey crisp apples. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. I want Fuji's. <laughs> Fuji's. <laughs> oh, you know, and the other thing I heard... Uh, one of my employees came back from Tanner's this weekend. He said masks were completely optional. Oh, the for sl- real? He said the slushy machine was wide open. Apparently, you can go up to a shaved ice thing and just get all the, the, the pump flavors you want on those things. Really? Oh, yeah. And he also said the bounce houses were open, too. So, yeah. you know, if you really just if you really want to do like a COVID party or yeah. like people do the measles party or uh, not measles, because <laughs> that'd be bad. <laughs> but a chicken, chicken pox party. I think. <laughs> Smallpox party? <laughs> what think. kind of parties did you grow up with? <laughs> when did you grow up here? I guess yeah. I don't know. A TV party. Anyway, um, if you really want to get that COVID spread around, I recommend you take your kids and have them jump around the bounce arounds at, uh, at Tanner's Orchard. Sounds like they're going to be just filled with COVID. That sounds gross. Yeah, Let's talk I'm about guessing we things. won't get uh, Tanner's as a sponsor anytime soon. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, oh, well. Cars of the week. All right. So, our favorite segment, by it, the way. It is our favorite. Well, here's the deal. Normally, I got money to just burn a hole in my pocket. I mean, right. it, it may be tens of tens of dollars. Do you have and ten cars, by the way? I think you have ten cars. Oh, we can't count Tree Hugger 2.0. Anyway, right. 
Um, anyway, normally we have tens of tens of dollars just burning a hole in our pocket, and sometimes we get it like just like the itch where maybe if we had maybe I have seven thousand dollars, maybe eight thousand dollars, I'm gonna get online just kind of look around see what I get for five or six thousand dollars. And uh, that's Cars of the Week because we'll literally go to Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Craigslist. We'll go to Car Goo- Car Gurus. Yeah, Car Gurus. I love Car Gurus. I can look up Lotuses somewhere in Pasadena for no reason at all. Bring a trailer. Yeah, bring yeah, bring a trailer. There's some great cars in there right now. Oh by my the way. God, yes. Yeah. I, I stopped. I, I I flagged three of them. <laughs> Started sending. Them I like to sending. I like putting comments on them. That's a really sharp car. Just hoping somebody gives me a thumbs up. Let's get my my cred rating up. <laughs> anyway. That's Cars of the Week. Cars of the Week, you don't actually have to buy the car. You just have to dream that you bought the car in your head. So that's Cars of the Week. This week, Daryl, I went back to something I've done now twice on the show. Yeah. I found an e-bike. An e-bike? An e-bike. And I just get the feeling this is going to happen in my household at some point. I was sitting there on my Facebook feed. I think I was laying in bed till like 9.30 on Sunday morning. Because I had nothing to do. Because I didn't go to the car show that you woke up early for. Yeah, you said you rolled over. I texted you, and you're like, yeah, I just would roll over and we'll go back to bed. Yeah. yeah. I set my alarm at 7 a.m. Sunday morning for the for the car show, and it just didn't happen. Anyway, fine, listen to the pre-show for that if you want more info on it. Um, but Segway came up with an ad for their scooter, their e-scooter. And I'm like, Segway? That's the company that uh, the founder died when he rolled over a cliff on their their little two-wheeler did thing. Did that really happen? Yeah. Yeah, he drove a Segway over a cliff. How did I miss that? That's like a famous, like... Ironic death. You should know this. I, I don't, well, anyway, Segway, the company, is still alive and kicking, even if the owner is in the ditch somewhere. Uh, and they do make more than just like e-scooters and those two-wheel things you see driving on the Peoria Riverfront. Yeah. They actually make real bikes. And one okay. of them is a Segway dirt bike, the dirt e-bike. And I found the E160. It's $2,900, and it's a 76-mile range, 40-mile-per-hour off-road bike. And it's got a hot swappable battery on it. It weighs about 100 pounds, and I watched videos on this, Daryl, and I'm like, I could see a 100-pound bike that I could drive 76 miles and have all-day fun at the Badlands with. Why wouldn't I want to do that? And I'm thinking, at $2,900, so here's the deal. There's another e-bike company. I think it was the one I looked at originally. If you wanted to find a bike with 250-mile range, it's actually a road bike. And and the Harley, I'm trying to think what the Harley name is called. I think they came up in my feed this week, too. Yeah, yeah. The the Cyberbike or something like that. They're $20,000 all day long. This thing at $3,000, this isn't a big investment. It could be a lot of fun. It'd be something you could throw on the back of a a truck or SUV. Or a forerunner. Throw on the back of a forerunner with a bike rack. I think you should do it. Yeah. A hundred pounds is nothing, and it's a little easier to, to maneuver. The thing that gets me, too, is the, uh, the the swappable battery packs, because you could be out there beating on it, you know, for yeah. an hour and a half, and then then the party's over. It's like, no, you need to have a couple batteries, swap them in there, and, yeah. and keep going. And the other thing is, you don't have to worry about the, the torque. On, on these little bikes, man, just, just pull back on the throttle, you're gone. Tons of power. That would be fun. I have to think it's actually difficult. If you were going down a trail or something like that, and and you had that much power available without the curve that you're used to, you'd just almost be like, you just have to do like little little nips of power every once in a while, right? Otherwise, you'd throw yourself off. You would think. Uh, You ever have a bike or a dirt bike or anything Uh, like that growing up? We had like... Uh, little little bikes, like mini bikes and stuff like that. Okay. Ne- never, like a little 50 Yeah, I never deal. rode like a real motorcycle for any length of time. That's one thing I never got into. I mean, I always appreciate bikes. I still do. Uh, I just never got into them. I'm just not into them on the road. Yeah. I have no desire to ride a motorcycle on the road. And I think it comes down to distracted drivers 
and people have no concern for anybody. I, I yeah. mean, I, I could nearly get an accident every day if I wasn't paying attention, and there's no way in the world I would be on a motorcycle. I give people kudos. you got to be on your A game all the time with the those. Kudos. Kudos. Which, uh, weren't they a, like a granola bar in the well, 80s? I think they were. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I just remember that. Terrell marks everything by food. Totally. Yeah, food and cars. That's it. Sometimes pop culture, movies, and stuff. All right, so Daryl, you went completely opposite. You went almost Havana chic on me here. What do we got? Yeah, yeah. I decided that uh, I wanted to look at a Checker Marathon taxi. Uh, the Checker Marathon, of course, everybody knows the the iconic New York City cab. Uh, it was made from 1961 to 1982, and for a long time they were everywhere. They stayed in service for for decades, and uh, even cities like Chicago, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, Los Angeles, you'd see them running around. And then one day they're gone, and they just all disappeared. The trouble is they're now starting to climb in value, which is really kind of funny to me because when you look at them, they're just like this big, frumpy, basic, yeah. beefy bumpers, just kind of goofy-looking cars. This car screams 50s. It does. It looks very similar to, uh, you know, like a 58 know some or other you know packard or something i don't know just just old school but they actually in 82 their final model year they made a series of cabs for a company called black and white taxi in little rock arkansas and the owner decided he was going to keep one for his own personal use didn't put it in the the delivery didn't uh, uh, set it up and get the placard and all that stuff so this thing is a just a basic white kind of bare bones sedan and it doesn't even have the V8. It's got a 3.8 carbureted V6 and an automatic. So it's kind of like the uh, the bottom of the line. It's the A11 model, which is what they called the, the... The slush box. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, a, kind of a dog. But uh, they have tons of NOS parts because there were millions of these things in service. Uh, and so you can still find fenders. You can find trim. You can find glass. You can find all those things that wear out because when you're a taxi, stuff's going to wear out. So they made a lot of these parts. And um, I've always loved these. I, I think I want to own one someday. Not necessarily as a as a cab, but I do like just a marathon sedan because they're just they're big cars. We we're talking in the pre-show. Uh, you've got a fond memory of of riding one of these as a kid, don't you? Yeah, I I was uh, telling you. I don't know if we record in the pre-show or not, but uh, when I I was like ten or eleven, we flew into New York City, and my aunt and uncle lived out there. So my brother and I, who's a year younger than me, uh, we get to LaGuardia and uh, we take a New York cab. A cab, which back then, you know, was the yellow taxi. And, mm-hmm. and New York was filled with those. You know, when I was a kid, we were, we dreamed of going to, the, you know, to Saturday Night Live and going to Broadway. And, and we took taxis everywhere because there was yellow taxis all over the place. And I remember the cab driver was literally this this grungy Italian guy. And uh, my aunt and uncle said something like, these guys are going to rule New York by the time the week's over. And that's he's like, yeah, the princes of New York, you know. And he called us that the whole time. It was hilarious, and uh, yeah, I mean, dude, that's forty years ago. You know, so yeah. you get that stuck in your head. So, yeah, icon, total icon here. But it's white. It is. It's weird. It's weird not to see one of these. If you were going to buy a car like this, would you feel like you have to paint it? Part of me. Uh, there was a goofy kid in high school that had one of these. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't a cab. It was a marathon with like a formal roof, like a padded roof. I thought it was hideous. Yeah, and my dad always, you know, it's kind of like a Landau movie. top. Yeah, okay. if you look them, they had like an upscale one. Okay. I forget what the model was, but uh, yeah, it had like this and like a Lincoln Town Car oval opera window thing in the back. It was they're gross, mm. but they look better as a cab. I yeah. really think. And yeah. I, growing up in Chicago too, we had the yellow, and then we also had the checker. There was the, the two tone green. Sure, and I love those. Yeah, that no, the green's cool. 
especially with the you could do now you can do a vinyl you just a you know sticker well and the one thing i remember about when i was a kid we sat on the jump seats you get in the the, the, the back door this thing opens up and it's like it's literally like walking into a, a uh, a Chrysler van, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's so much space back there, and you realize. So the person who sits at the back seat, who, who have the back window at their back, they have like a quarter mile of leg room, and then these little swing out uh, bar stools would pop out. And I remember me and my brother sitting on those, yeah. you know. And then there's a plastic glass window between us. So would this have this would have that window divider? I don't and all know that? if it has a divider or not. If it was never turned into a cab, I don't know if it would have had that. That might have been something that they put See, in. To me, Daryl, this car is fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and I think about everything else you have in your garage. You've recently done. Yeah, this is a daily driver, right? And it's the body looks like it's square. It looks decent. What are you waiting for? Uh, <laughs> I, I've got too much stuff. I got too much stuff. I did have, and this is a true story. I bought a. a well, thank God, you've been lying all day. I've been, I've been mostly lying. Uh, yeah, this is available at CheckerMotorCars.com. If you check them out, the guy resells and restores checkers. You can check all all of his fleet out for sale. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I bought a fifty-one. I'm sorry, a fifty Chevy Fleetline from a guy, uh, like a friend of a friend. It was a dad who passed away. He had a farm up in Wisconsin. He was just going to get all the stuff crushed because it was projects just sitting out in a field. Sure, sure. And I looked at the Fleetline. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I brought that home, and I wound up reselling it. Whatever. In the corn. Like out in the cornfield was a 1967 Checker Aerobus, which the Aerobus was a like a like a six door limousine version oh. as a station wagon. So wow. it had this giant roof rack. So you could you could go to the airport and you know it was an airport shuttle. Yeah, I look at the door. This is in Paddock Lake, Wisconsin, right off Route 50, uh, probably 20 miles, 15 miles from Lake Geneva, and on the door was a Playboy bunny. And I thought, oh, that's cute. That's an old '60s yeah. thing. Like yeah. some some dude thought he was cool or something. It's from the mansion. It was the the Grand Geneva Ski Resort. Yeah, Lake Geneva was yeah. formerly the Playboy yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah. There's one in Chicago, one there. I think a couple in uh, across the country. And that was the old airport limousine. Oh my god! For the Playboy Club in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And I said, "What do you got to get for that?" He said, "Well, I got a guy who's interested in it. But if he backs out, I'll let you know." I didn't have any room for it, but I'm like, that oh, yeah. would have been one to grab. Yeah. And I'm sure it probably got Who picked sat up in that store. car? Yeah. yeah. Imagine the stains on that upholstery. It could, it could probably <laughs> tell some stories. But <laughs> I thought, if you thought the regular checker was big, dude, that Aerobus was like the size of a school bus. It was huge. Did it have like a station wagon back on it? Yeah, really yeah, cool. So it almost looked like probably one of those park ranger or those park wagons would, uh, we talked about on an earlier yeah, show. Like yeah, like from like Yellowstone yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, that'd be sweet. I got pictures. I'll, I'll share it up. Okay. <laughs> All right. With that, you come to the end of another Throwing Wrenches podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We did. We always do. Yeah. I think we jammed a lot of show, a lot of show into this one, Daryl. So I hope everybody enjoyed themselves as much as I did. It was newsy, and we had all kinds of – we had every segment. We didn't miss anything except no. Carlos going. We don't know where he's at, so we'll we'll figure him out in the next episode. Neither does Interpol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. You can like, subscribe. You can uh, share with a friend, whatever you want to do, or send us an email. We haven't heard uh, uh, email in a while. Uh, info at throwingwrenches dot com or like us on Facebook. And by the way, uh, congratulations to Don because he did share the last episode as we requested. So Don, you're going to get a copy of uh, Trucker's Tale by Ed Miller. Wit, wisdom from the road, or something like that, and we expect a full review and a hundred page or a hundred word essay, double spaced, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and a big bibliography to go with it. Congrats, yeah. Don. Though, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. This is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. <laughs>